Welcome to Connect FBC, our weekly podcast keeping you in the know. Let's join our hosts now to find out what's happening with FBC. All right, welcome everybody. We're here with Brett Contreras, our adult ministries pastor. Good morning. To talk about what's going on at FBC with men's ministry. Yeah, yeah, we've got quite the slate this fall. So actually, we just got out this morning. We had a little men's breakfast. Mm. So men's breakfast is aka the foundry is a time where we all get together up in the second floor in the student center. And we just as men, we pray, we just ask for the Lord's leading and we we come together to say, hey, how can I help a brother out, you know? So this morning, uh, we were actually, I think we had one of our lighter crowds. Okay. I think I led with, uh, we're going to be talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they didn't uh, bring the men out? No, <laughs> that, that really, I think that pushed him away a little bit. Uh, but no, seriously, we were talking about Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Oh, and, yes. and just some life lessons there that we can learn uh, when temptation comes calling day after day after day. The fleeing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to... You know, sometimes you, you can come with logic, and sometimes you can share, hey, this is just what I believe, and sometimes you just need to run out the door naked, run. you know? <laughs> so, right. It's great advice. It, you know, hey, I mean, I, it, you could actually be in that situation, but no. So we, yes, and come that, on out. And that breakfast yeah. is delicious, Yes, by the way. Yes, uh, brought brought to you by the Bigger Biscuit or the Big Biscuit down on the Memorial. Biggest Biscuit. Biggest Biscuit. They are gigantic, and they give us like nine gallons of gravy. It's it's fantastic. Lots of bacon, lots of eggs, lots of potatoes. So, in the, in the foundry, I mean, you guys are doing this the first Sunday of every month. Am I getting that right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, first Sunday every month, at, and at eight a.m. Right. upstairs in the student center. So you're not taken away from joining a service with your family or anything like that. No, not at all. Not at all. We do have coffee there once those bacon and eggs kind of settle down. Yes. That you're awake yeah. for the nine a.m. service. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great time. I highly encourage men to come to come out. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we've got that first of uh, every month and that's kind of our staple that's what we you know we we make sure hey we're getting that continuity we're getting that consistency seeing each other getting to know each other just outside of your small group or outside of the other events that you are or may not be a part of here at FBC and and the other thing that we have coming up here in about two weeks is our men's ministry retreat. So this is part due, part two. <laughs> part two. <laughs> uh, we had our first inaugural, at least as, as long as I've been here, That's men's right. retreat this past spring. Yep. And uh, Heath, uh, you, were, you were a part of that, weren't you? I did not make it. Oh, no. Oh, that know. was a guilt trip. I know. <laughs> a secret guilt trip. I wanted to be there. Now, I had a family obligation uh, with Rory. But it is, I got so much good feedback from men that went to that. Just being out together under the stars, floating down the river, beautiful country, northwest Arkansas. It's a great time. Yeah, there's just something about being... <laughs> I'll uh, remember that guilt trip. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I, had, I, had to, I had to throw it out there. You know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little burned from, I think, leading with the sexuality talk and kind of having the guys out. I'm just really looking to poke and prod there this morning. But, That's what pastors do. Uh, no, no. Actually, you know, last time we, uh, we went out to the Buffalo River out in the Ozarks. And if you haven't been to the Ozarks, oh. it is just... It's just there. It's just there. It's, yeah. it, you know, hey, uh, you don't really need much more uh, to praise the Lord than just to sit <laughs> out there. It is it is absolutely beautiful. But we had about 30 guys, and we got a bunch That's of fantastic. kayaks, and, yeah. and we got some fires going, and pitched our tents, and, and really just spent some time in the Word, and, and like I said, in prayer, and the Lord. And, you know, there's something, that, there's something that happens, I think, when you step outside of your 9 to 5, yeah. outside of your 
this is my neighborhood, this is my house, and you get with some folks that you may not have had a ton of time with, and you kind of put yourselves in an environment that you guys have to depend on each other. Someone's making the food, someone's helping get the gear, you know, some people are driving, some people are, you know, get, doing the directions. There's just something about that experience that I think as men, I mean, it just helps us open up a little bit. Yep. Uh, we're not, we're not exactly the biggest sharers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At least I've learned that I'm not the biggest sharer compared to, you know, just how my wife and her friends are able to converse and to yep. talk about some of the things that are harder. Yep. Men uh, are slower to do that. We, we really are. But those are those like retreats and events, getting away, getting out of your routine. It, it does help speed up relationship formation. Yes. I know that historically, and I've gone on a retreat with men. I come away knowing a couple other men that I, I knew. I knew their face on Sunday morning, but I didn't know them. Yeah. And I feel like from that point on, I do. And I can come up, and I can talk with them, and talk about what's going on in their lives. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really neat thing for that. It is. It is. And uh, you never quite know what's going to happen <laughs> on trips like that. We had a couple guys flip over into the... Ooh, it was brisk. Was it brisk? Gosh, it, it had to have been like... 30, 40, 40, it was like, it was like 45 degree water. I had to wake up. Uh, oh, it was better than a pot of coffee. I'll tell you that. Uh, and you know, there was some bond, there was bonding over, uh, over shivering and helping guys get their, uh, nearly submerged canoes out of the water. So I'll say I've been uh, hiking for a decade now with our friend, Nathan Kozar. Yeah. And he always says, I've never regretted a swim. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they did. I don't know. It's a good story. Yeah. Well, Nathan, Nathan's uh, what do we what do they call him? Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah, he's got. I mean, if you don't know Nathan, you need to know Nathan. That's but, right. But he is a uh, he's a strong. Uh, growing up on 40 i think he's getting close to 40 he's getting close but he's he makes me ashamed of my body <laughs> uh, so <laughs> but you'll get some of that on men's treats you'll see oh man i should have hit the gym more because you'll see the guys that are actually pulling their weight right. and then guys like me that are like can you help me that's you know me. kind of i'm thing. on that end of the spectrum for sure oh yeah for, <laughs> well hey you know sometimes so so men's ministry retreat part do uh we're, we're lower you know last time it was it was pretty physical and this time we're giving some options we're Okay. We're, we're saying, okay, you can, options? so, so we're going to be heading out to Hobbs State uh, Park okay. and adjacent to Hobbs State Park is Beaver Lake. It's the biggest lake in oh, Arkansas, just beautiful. right there in the Ozarks. And uh, so there's a couple different things that we're going to be able to do. So there's day hiking available and just our campsite is just literally on the lake. And, and uh, there's also incredible mountain biking. So if you're one of the, if you're one more of an adrenaline junkie and you, you kind of push that way, you, that'll be, that'll be there for you. But in that lake, I'm telling you, there's a bunch of great striper, mm. and uh, it is well known for fishing. So, but most of all, you know, we're gonna we're gonna all be able to sit around that fire and eat some good food, yep. and we're gonna be talking. So, the theme of of this trip is: Are you afraid of the dark? Now, I don't know if you <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You show. remember what I'm talking oh, about? Yes. Oh, come on. Okay, so what are your memories from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, well, I hate anything scary. I'm a big scaredy cat. Yeah, yeah I really am. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's something that kids do and as yeah. you're growing up you know you sit around the fire and tell scary stories but i just remember that that show it was yeah. a show right oh it was a yeah, show yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah goosebumps oh yeah yeah so <laughs> you know the reality is is that uh in grown men you know most of us are like i'm not afraid of the dark anymore but i am i won't saying it everybody <laughs> here i am afraid of the dark it, it, it you know when the rustle happens it's but here's one thing I don't think we really talk about enough, and I think most of us, and the truth is that we're afraid of the dark, dark. Mm. And I'm talking about the spiritual side of the house. Yep. 
And we certainly live that way. Yeah. I know I, I find myself living that way, and I have to catch myself. That's right. So we're going to be spending some time in Proverbs. And uh, what we know from King Solomon that we find the beginning of wisdom is not being afraid of the dark, but it's the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And so we're going to be spending some time in Proverbs, oh, and uh, we're going to be spending some time just hearing wisdom call out from the city streets. Yep. And uh, we're just going to try to perk our ears up uh, and listen. So, yeah. That's such good stuff, Brett. So tell me the dates of the retreat again. Yep. We're August 14th and 15th. So if October. you have a family of October. <laughs> we're in October. We're way now. out. October 14th <laughs> and 15th. Beautiful so we'll be weather. leaving here wow. about 5 o'clock, okay. 5 p.m. on Friday. It's right. two and a half hour drive. Okay. And we'll have you back home in beautiful Tulsa at about 7.30 p.m. On Saturday night. So it's just a little Easy over 24 peasy. hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you've got kids, you know, yes, ask your wife, please, for 24 hours. And then, you know, it's not also not a super big strain on, on the family as well. Yeah. Well, this is great. Great time, man. I encourage you to get up there. Get signed up. You can write on the website. Probably uh, get registered. That's right. Yeah. FBCTulsa.org slash men. And you got a registration right there. Excellent. Matt, Brett, thanks for coming in and talking about men's ministry today. Absolutely. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. Heath. All right. Now it's time for the weekly chat. All right. Welcome to the weekly chat. I'm your host today, Heath Casey. And joining me again is our lead pastor, Eric Bryan. This is sort of becoming habit for me, Heath. I don't, I don't know. I'm liking it. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to continue our conversation today on engage, pursue, share, and focusing on that second pillar, pursuing Christ-centered relationships. So what does that mean, Eric, to pursue Christ-centered relationships? Tell me more about that. Okay. So stupid visual example, but I'll, <laughs> I'll give it anyway. Do you remember that guy? I don't remember his name, but... Look at the cheetah on the African prairie, you know? What's the what's the cheetah doing? Cheetahs probably don't even live in Africa. But anyway, <laughs> pursuing, name it, like the wild boar of Africa as prey. But what, what do you see when you watch that show? That cheetah is taken out on a beeline to go get that, you know, nemesis. Focused. Focused and and traveling to a mark. So that's... Now, let's let's back the intensity level off a little bit. So <laughs> you might like get accused of stalking your best buddies in in pursuing Christ-centered relationships. But that's I think we let these words go by us, and we don't kind of value them. Pursuing Christ-centered relationships means I'm on purpose, man, and it's an action. I'm pressing into you, and you know I've said this from the pulpit a time or two through the years before. I'm an introvert. You know what and Kind of the double whammy, I'm an awkward introvert. <laughs> and and so I have to ask God, you know, your truth and the reality of the importance of pursuing Christ-centered relationships every time is greater than my paradigm that I want to hold back, hold myself back in. So I got to lean forward and press into the mess. And that's what mm-hmm. I do. And there's never been a time that I have pressed in to a person with Christ as the center of my relationship with that person that I haven't left that interaction and, and thought to myself, you know what? This is the right thing to do. Well, Life-giving. I love that. And and <clears throat> you opened it up because I think some people might hear that at first and it sounds insular, but this is kind of like people asking, well, Jesus, well, who's my neighbor, mm-hmm. right? Pursuing Christ-centered relationship. It's the idea that in all of our relationships, Christ at the center. That's right. That's not just with believers. 
that's with family, that's with coworkers, that's with, you know, you name it, friends, all of them, if we see them through the lens of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so certainly those who are bound together through the blood of Christ, you see that lens clearly. Sure. But also, if you, as you said, Heath, if you see people through the lens of Jesus, then you ask yourself, classic question, bracelet alert, you know, WWJD, right? Right. But what would Jesus do? With people, yeah. how did he do it in in the gospel accounts? He's when he looked at people who he knew were not of the faith. Yeah, he pressed in, pursued them. Man, sometimes he even like gave an object lesson to the disciples and said, "This woman who's like not in the camp, as it were, right, just showed faith right here. Yep, great faith." So Jesus was all about pursuing relationships through, I don't know how you say Christ-centered relationships when you're actually Jesus Christ, me-centered <laughs> <Right>. relationships. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but he's the original. That's the original. He's the original, man. That's right. Uh, so just, I love what that you said that, see every relationship through that lens. Oh, yeah, wonderful. So how do we go about that around here, pursuing <clears throat> Christ-centered relationships? Yeah, so Really, one of the foundation—we talked a little while back on one of these episodes about the sort of the foundation of this local church. Mm-hmm. And from, from the beginning, small groups has been vital to how we've operated as a church. You know, kind of shrinking down the bigger body into a smaller group where you can come alongside, live life together, all those cliched by now phrases, but that are real, yeah, you know, walk life together. Take care of one another. Take care in of one another. In a special way that's too, too hard in a large, large setting. Exactly. So small groups, certainly. And so just shameless plug here, if you're not in a small group, get in a small group, yes. man. Get in a small group. Second is, you know, doing ministry together, mm-hmm. you know, that's how we grow. We're going to fail forward a lot of the time when we do that. <laughs> Yeah. But just doing the work of ministry together, pick something out that you can just say, raise my hand, I'm here to serve, and and do something with people. There's there's nothing like kind of, it's kind of like the old being in the trenches together, but serving alongside one another. I see relationships form there all the time. I see it for people that do, you know, the things that I'm connected to, people doing children's ministry together. Mm-hmm. When they are in that room together with the kids they form a special relationship. So tell me, you actually can speak with a little bit of real life experience right now about that. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. I think this will be encouragement to our our friends who are listening. So what are you doing right now as far as children's ministry is concerned? I am volunteer teaching the upper elementary kids with Elder Hank Haynes. Yes. Yeah. And we've had a blast together. Yeah. I think I, I do need to tell your wife we need to get a hidden camera in there just to get the footage of you and Hank together because <laughs> we may need to use that at some point. But anyway, I love that. I love hearing those things. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. And you and Hank are bonding in a way that's rich. It, it's so isn't that, rich. Isn't that true? Yeah. And, I just and with had those that, kids as well. Oh, yeah. And I just had that experience with VBS. Uh, me, Jesse Griffith, and Pastor Brett all were doing the teaching session, and we kind of shared that role together. Mm. And we practiced together. We met together. We were in the trenches together with a couple hundred <laughs> you know, elementary kids. Yeah. It was a very special week and growing closer to those guys. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. And then just in the Whatever the gatherings might be, you know, and I think just put emphasis on 
again, that churchy word, gatherings, you know, whatever form we gather together, that's an opportunity to pursue Christ-centered relationships. What what have I missed? Have I missed anything that you can think of, Heath? Well, I, we, we have so many other ministries that do what you're talking about in that gathering and providing time of intimacy uh, where it might look like the purpose of the group was, say, impact. Oh, that's go that you go there to learn the Bible. What I've loved about impact over the years is the relationships that form because you're often in that class with a group of people that is not in your small group, that you don't set by on Sunday morning, that you don't serve together in children's ministry, and you're sitting at a round table with people getting to know other people in the body. Mm-hmm. But that's just one example. There's Bible studies going on uh, throughout the week, and women's ministry in the morning, mom to mom, incredible place to form relationships and get to know other people and, and practice this. Yes, love it, love it. And just side note, Janice David, our women's ministries director, just sent us an email not long ago talking about the incredible reach that these kinds of things are having, not just yeah. within the FBC community, but outside of this church. It's yes. incredible. So praise God for that. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into more. You know, the the third pillar of sharing the good news. But what I find um, more often than not, it's in the pursuit of Christ-centered relationships where the gospel really gets shared. Yeah, and and it's kind of the old young life phrase of earning the right to be heard. Is, am I saying that right? I, I yeah. believe so. Jay yeah. Robinson would I have know. to correct he'll, us. He'll, but, uh... He's a neighbor. He's a knock on my door okay, and tell, yes. me, tell me how to say it right. He's going to burn a—you put a Y in your yard, like, come on, get it right. <laughs> That's right. But it, but it is that idea of building a relationship um, so somebody knows you're authentic and you believe this and they see that and, and getting the opportunity to share the gospel. Yes, love it. And, and that happens so in so many ministries here. And we mentioned some of those gatherings, but I see this— in the biblical counseling ministries and the <clears throat> re-engage in region. Regeneration, yeah. They're built around gathering with a group of people That's in a right. community, being together, working through something together. Yeah. On purpose, they're built. That's that's where a lot of the juice of those things is. Mm-hmm. That's where you're rubbing off on each other. You're, you're exhorting, admonishing, admonishing, loving, praying, all those things together in that bonding that you talked about. So. Yeah. That's how it works. So I guess thinking about being connected to this church, and maybe you're a member or maybe you've been attending a while and you haven't gone through membership training or that, but what does it look like to commit to being a part of this local body? Right. So that's a great question. And so I'll just give you three phrases, Uh, And these are just things I thought about. One is to, here at FBC, what it means to belong or become a member of this local church. One is to align doctrinally. Next is to submit organizationally. Mm -hmm. And the third is to operate functionally. So let me take those one at a time. Okay. Align doctrinally. And by the way, side note, if you're part of the community that calls FBC your, your home church, please do take advantage of our starting point classes that, that run throughout the year. Yep. A short three-week commitment. People love going to them. They're an engaging time, and that's the gateway into kind of that next step toward local membership here in this in this local fellowship. And just one note there, as an elder, I love <clears throat> this class. On the last day of that class, all the elders come in, and we share our testimonies 
and get to hang out and meet the new members and let them ask questions and it's and, such, here's, oh, and hear their testimonies. That's right. It's such yeah. a rich time. It's yeah. one of my favorite things as an elder. Uh, mine too. So aligned doctrinally, we we have a doctrinal statement. I I've mentioned this before which really is just a com- compilation of scriptural truths into some meaningful paragraphs by topic. And we ask members to commit that they have aligned doctrinally with us right. at, a, at, a, at a basic level. So I won't get into the particulars of that, but that's, that's one thing. The second is to submit organizationally. Now, this word submit kind of gets bad press nowadays of <laughs> stuff. I've right. done a lot of weddings, and people don't ever want to hear that word in there, et cetera. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast, right? right? Yeah. So anyway, um, submit organizationally. God has put in place a, 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 a structure of, of leadership, these under-shepherds or elders and of the church, and they are to shepherd the flock. And so what you're saying as a member is— I'm going to put myself under, to arrange myself under. That's really the meaning of the word. That's right. To sort of intentionally arrange myself under the the God-ordained structure of eldership. And let me just say, us elders, you and I both know each other pretty well. We are not, we're, we're, we're level with everybody else. That's right. There's no, there's no hierarchy in terms of our importance. No. We're just answering a call to be under shepherds here in the church. Yeah. That, that is really Jesus is the head of. And one of the passages to elders is they do not lord <clears throat> it no, over. No overlording. That's right. Yeah. So it's a, and that's our job when people submit, quote unquote, to the organizational structure is to be, be good shepherds. That's right. Not overlords. And then the third is to operate functionally. We've talked some about this, and that's kind of what we're talking about here is you say, you know what? I'm going to be a functional member of this body. I'm going to bring my gifts, my talents. I'm going to contribute to the work. I'm going to uh, contribute to the needs uh, and resources financially, et cetera. We don't currently like keep some kind of scorecard on that or say you're not doing that or whatever, but that's sort of the natural responsive outcome of being a part of the body of Christ as you do those things. And when you become a church member here, you say, I'm in. Mm. And that'll that's going to be how I'm going to function. Yeah. So. Uh. I love it. Well, one of the things I talked about it in a prior podcast when we're talking about engaging the word and just kind of the the cultural move to where, I mean, it's not popular. And, you know, there's this push to get you disconnected from the word of God in my mind. And I feel the same way with the way our culture and society has structured, even just the change in my lifetime, where there just really isn't any sacred time set apart. And I mean... I would just want to maybe have a conversation about why should I commit to a local church and be present? Because the the pull to do a lot of good things is to take you out of being present in a local body. And we've talked about this at length, Eric, the last 10 years. We just see this family after family with good intentions gets just just mired in all the other good things that are available and in, 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 that the culture has. But they, their, they, the presence in the church diminishes. Right, right. What, what, what would you say and to the, this? And the, the sad outcome too often is that you catch up with them in the community five years later, and they're still there they're in still... that um, uncommitted spot. Yeah, yeah. And I, that sounds kind of heavy for me to say uncommitted. Uh, it's not. I don't say that with condemnation. I say that with yearning that. You know, we're not te- and, and we're not territorial here. No. Go to another good church if if you're not here. 
and engage there, but be be in somewhere. As an elder, I've had, you know, the last three years, I've had a couple or two or family, you know, come and decide that they need to find another local body. And that was my encouragement. It's it's hard to make that transition, to visit a church, to feel like you belong. And it takes time, and especially if you have kids, the drop-offs, and they, you know, are in a new place. And it that that transition is really tough. And I have followed up with those people are you going? Are you engaged? Because it's so easy to wind up, look up five years down the road and not be present in a local body. Right, right. So that's a that's a sort of a cautionary word. So you asked sort of the question, why? Why why would you even do that yeah. and commit? Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, hold fast confession together, basically. Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and don't neglect meeting together, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So if you just want to start somewhere in Scripture, there's a good place to start. Yep. And then beyond that, I want to just real quick read a quote from a guy named Jonathan Lehman, who's done some great work on why does church membership matter. And he says, the church body says to the individual, read, we recognize your profession of faith, baptism, and discipleship to Christ as valid. Now, he's a Baptist guy, and they have that in their polity sure. about baptism, et cetera. Therefore, we publicly affirm and acknowledge you before the nations as belonging to Christ. We extend the oversight of our fellowship. And the individual says to the church body, insofar as I recognize you as a faithful gospel-declaring church, I submit my presence and my discipleship to your love and oversight. Yeah. So it's a yes and yes, mm. lean in in mm. both directions. So he goes on to say it's not about additional requirements. It's about a church taking specific responsibility for a Christian and a Christian for a church. Oh, I love that. It's about putting on, embodying, living out, and making concrete our membership in Christ's universal body. In some ways, the union which constitutes a local church and its members is like the I do of a marriage ceremony, Hmm. which is why some refer to church membership as a covenant. It's true that a Christian must choose to join a church, but that does not make it a voluntary organization. Having chosen Christ... A Christian has no choice but to choose to join a church. Mm. That's a strong last statement there, Heath. It is. I think I agree with it. I do. I do. And I just see it as something very difficult for families today. Yes. But the reality is I think if you're going to be present in a local body, and I'm, I'm, to me that's more than attending Sunday morning. But if, you, if you're going to engage and pursue and be a part of this local body so that you're not only being fed and your family's being fed here— but that you're giving back and not just financially, uh, but, but financially, but you are giving, you're serving, you're a part of the ministry, you're present. You're going to have to say no to some other things in this world. So I don't want to get your head too big here, but you, you really walk this out well, you and Shay do, I think. And I, I've passed a little bit of the phase of my life where I'm in kind of that building phase. Mm. You guys are definitely in the thick of building on the career side and the and the family, sure. you know, your kids are still in the nest, et cetera. And you just said something, you got to choose sort of a priority scheme. Can you take like 30, 60 <laughs> seconds and just say, I'm sure that you had to, you had to come to that decision on purpose, right? We did. And I, I think there was families here that discipled us. We uh, loved what we saw about their families and how they operated. And they, Rick Griffith is one of those that just made it very clear and Allison Tache that you have to commit and make this a choice or you will wake up and you will be involved in everything else and not be in the local body. So 
let me guess, you had to say no to some other things. We've definitely said no to other things. Good things. Yeah. They're good things. Awesome things. But yeah, we've said no <clears throat> to other things so that we can be present here. I think, I think it's a good choice. And, yeah. And I think, as I say, especially in terms of raising a family, our children have front row seats to our lives. Mm-hmm. They know whether we believe this stuff or not. Yeah. And they know whether we believe being a part of local body is important or not mm-hmm. by how we live and the choices and the decisions we make. Yeah. And like I said, this isn't condemnation. I hope this is encouragement mm-hmm. because the, the de facto thing is the world's going to take you out of the church. That's right. And you're going to have to make a commitment and say no to things to be present in a local body. Couldn't say it better. Well, anything else that you would add to pursuing Christ-centered relationships? You know, I think I'm going to save it for the next time we talk. Okay. We still have one of these planks left, don't we? We do. Share the good news of Jesus. Maybe I'll just sort of sneak it in on the front end of next time, Lord willing. Thank you again, uh, Eric, for being here. I'm enjoying the conversation. Same here. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for joining us this week. At FBC, we're a church family that is engaging the Bible, pursuing Christ-centered relationships, and sharing the good news of Jesus. See you next week.